you know, who did this? How did it happen? All I know is I was blind and now I see. And so I think there's vision that is spiritual and there is vision that is physical. And to me, both are miracles. Right. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real-life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. Hey, More Than Small Talk friends, we are doing a special series about what is on our playlist. What are our favorite songs that are speaking to us? And this week, we're focusing on a song from Susie. So Susie, can you tell us which song you picked? Oh my goodness. I have been listening to this song for weeks now, and I have shared this with friends. I've shared it on social media. Uh, It's called In Jesus' Name by Katie Nicole. And it is powerful. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, Susie, there's more to this song than just some really powerful music and words. It's actually become part of a story in yeah. your life, a miracle story. <laughs> I thought I could do this. I don't know if I can do this. We're gonna, <laughs> you know, I've asked my brother for permission to share this story. And, um, you know, I've alluded to it as we've gone through the last several episodes that my brother was very, very sick. Um, back in October, he was given less than two months to live after a diagnosis of cancer just so happened that I was in the waiting room whenever the surgeon called to say the diagnosis. And we didn't see it coming at that point. And um, I was told that day that our best option was to call in hospice, which we did. And so over the next few weeks, my brother became very, very, very ill. I didn't know if he was going to make the eight weeks they had said. and. But there were also some beautiful moments, Holly and Jennifer, like, you know, when you're told that you only have a certain amount of time, suddenly things that seem to matter don't matter at all anymore. And one thing that really mattered was just time together. And as I began to pray for my brother and I saw him so sick uh, and just reaching to talk to God about things, about what was coming his way. Uh, I I began to see this beautiful miracle of peace. And I would pray, God, let Ron have a good day today. (laughs) May he sense your presence. May he know how much you love him. And that was honestly my, my hope. And so the weeks passed and Ron says this. He said, I passed my expiration date. Um, We went past those eight weeks and then we were at 10 weeks and then at 12 and then at 20. And something happened about week number 10 in that he started feeling better and he started having more good days. And those first three weeks were so bad. 
that we just celebrated when he would have a good hour or good days. But he went to see his doctor and said, okay, I'm still here. I'm having better and better and better days. In fact, there's days that I feel almost normal. And so they did a PET scan. And what we were hoping for, again, I had the privilege of being there when we got the bad news. But he asked if I would come with him when he was going to get the results of the PET scan. And as we were sitting there, the oncologist began to just show us step by step by step. I'm looking at this large screen and they're taking us through and he's telling us this is normal and that's normal. And I was like, awesome. It hasn't spread. Look, we might get more weeks with him. And then they came to a part of his body and said, and there's no cancer here. And that's when I was like, wait, what? Because you got to understand, Ron was riddled with cancer in that area, like everywhere. <laughs> and then they kept, he kept going. And at one point, my brother turned and looked at me and said, Sis, are you hearing what I'm hearing? And I looked at the doctor and I said, Am I hearing what he's saying? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and I thought, okay, maybe he's showing us like where it's stalled, where it's not, so he can show us where it is. At the end, he came to the very end of it and he just stopped. And I, and I said, okay, but so where's, where's the cancer? Show us the cancer. And he said to my brother, you have no discernible traces of cancer anywhere in your body. And like we're just sitting there and I looked over at Ron and he looked at me and I looked at the doctor and I said, okay, I'm not totally getting this. I'm really not. I was there. Right. Like I have a piece of paper that I carry that I was scribbling on that has where cancer is in like 20 different places. And the word hospice on there circled. Mm. Because I knew that's what we were going to do at the end of the day. And I said, you're telling me there's no cancer anywhere. You've been doing this for a long time. Like, does this happen? And he said, I have been an oncologist for a long time. And this is a one in one million occurrence where you have terminal cancer under the care of hospice and the body has healed itself. We went to the parking lot because Ron asked him, he said, like, what's next? Right. <laughs> you know, because I had written my brother's obituary. Wow. We yeah. had done all the things to prepare. We had the service in place, everything. Wow. And so we went out to the parking lot, and Ron is standing there with his jaw open, and he's like, I, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> when he had asked the oncologist what's next, he said, well, I'll see you in six months. Wow. So we're standing in the parking lot and Ron's like, don't you think three months would be better? <laughs> yeah. But, well. you know, to this day, you know, as I listen to that song, I am so in awe of what happened, but I'm also keenly aware that there are people who have prayed for healing for their loved one and it didn't turn out like they hoped. So there's this wrestling with this. <laughs> so what I have really come to understand is that the miracle that I got to see most tangibly didn't really even happen in that office. It happened the day my brother reached for Jesus and peace showed up. 
(laughs) And regardless of an outcome, there was a connection with a God who left him like crazy. And something magical and beautiful and holy happened and peace showed up. So this song (laughs) is on my playlist for a reason. Wow, Suze. So powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I don't, somebody helped me the other day. I went to, we have a prayer room here in Northwest Arkansas. I don't know if you have a prayer room in your community, but we do. And it's a beautiful, small place where anybody in the community can go and pray. And it's right next to my office. So I went in and I sat there. And one of the people who works there, his name is Dennis, came and sat beside me. He said, I heard about your brother. Mm. And I said, Dennis, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't. And he said, this is the deal. You don't have to say anything, but thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So good. Thank you. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, when you see people in scripture, Jesus never looked at a person and said, okay, give me your list of qualifications before I touch you. Mm-hmm. He drew them to himself and there was an encounter. And whether that was Mary Magdalene who walked away, no longer tormented, or somebody who walked away that now they could see mm-hmm. in a whole new way. They, they would say this, they would say, the blind man said, all I know, <laughs> you know, who did this? How did it happen? All I know is I was blind and now I see. And so I think there's vision that is spiritual and there is vision that is physical. And to me, both are miracles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just making me think, you know, in that season, he was preparing to die. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and you guys were all having to grapple with that. Yeah. So now that he's planning to live, yeah. you know, like, what does that look like? Oh, you know, it's, it's weird <laughs> it is because, you know, for those of you who have gone through this, dying is a lot of paperwork. It is. <laughs> yes. Isn't that crazy? Like people who are in such hard places are having to navigate these really awful things to try to prepare and there were days that, whether it was me or it was a, another loved one, or um, that that's what we did for four or five hours, just trying to go through paperwork to get everything ready to to work with hospice. Which oh my, those are angels, by the way. Right. And he was under hospice care. You're preparing to leave this earth. And you're preparing to leave it as tidy as you can. And so when you find out, like. Now I live. It's like, okay, what's next? So that's that's where he's at right now as he has went back to work. Um, he gave away almost everything he owned. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I brought back his stethoscope. He's a CNA. <laughs> and others have, you know, but he's just like, no, none of those things really matter to me. Yeah. Like I get to breathe today. I get to... Uh, And there was a game he played, and we talked about this in an earlier episode. It was this game of, this really isn't going to matter anymore. Mm -hmm. So why do I invest myself in it? You know, that's what he he would say. He was like, oh, this is not going to matter. Yeah. 
So why would I invest myself in it? And I learned so many life lessons from him as he was preparing for this. And they're still there. I have an incomplete understanding of why and how this has taken place, but I have a complete understanding of who did it. Does yeah, that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the song is about prayer and your passion about prayer. Oh my goodness. And I'm just thinking you were praying through this from a place of having walked with Jesus for decades. Yeah. Your brother was praying through it uh-huh. from a place of, Hey, there you are. And you've always loved me. Yeah. You know, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Like sure. what did prayer look like in this journey? You know, I have prayed a certain way for a long time. And I just want to tell a story of something that happened. And it's it's very personal between my brother and I. But again, he's given me permission to share. And thank you for that, Ron. <laughs> um, he would wake up at 3 a.m. almost every morning. And 3 a.m. when you're facing death and you've got this diagnosis and you're sick. He was very, very sick in the beginning. Very, very sick. Lost 30 pounds in three weeks. Wow. And he's not a big guy. Mm. And he said, Suze, I, I wake up at 3 a.m. and I don't really know what to say. And I remember thinking, I have words. <laughs> Brother, I can't give you life, but I have words. So I created a series of what I called Ron's 3 a.m. prayer starters Mm. and just made these cards. And I would put a scripture on there about hope or life or comfort or peace. And then I would put a bit of a prayer starter from that scripture. And when he woke up, he would take that prayer starter and he would read the scripture and then he would read the prayer starter. And then he and the Lord would continue the conversation. That's how I've prayed in my own personal life for probably 10 years, just because I don't know. I don't want prayer to be rules or tradition or three points. And I just really want to talk to God through the power of the word. But for him, that was something that brought him comfort. For me, there were so many times when I wanted to like pour into Ron, pour over Ron, And I honestly felt the Lord saying, don't get in my way. Mm. Like, be quiet, be present, Mm. you know? Um, And so I was. And I got to, I got to see his character. I got to see who he was as a human, a grown human. Mm. Um, You know, because he's my little brother. You know how (laughs) we do. And and I'm the older sister. But I I got to see the beauty and how nurturing he was and, and how funny. Uh, he'd made terrible jokes, terrible, <laughs> terrible jokes that I would be like, oh, Ron, stop. And, but I got to see the joy of how snarky and funny he was. and But I also got to watch him start to teach me who God was. Yeah. You know? Wow. And yeah. so prayer for me was honestly, Lord, today can he have a good day? Mm, yeah. so good, can he feel you close? Yeah. I don't know that I ever got beyond that. Mm, honestly. Wow. That's amazing. And Ron is not the only one that you've created prayer starters for. This has become a passion of yours. Yeah, not because of this. Yeah. <laughs> not because of this. You know, creating it for Ron was just a very sister brother thing. So when I became a believer, prayer felt super complicated to me. Like there's beautiful prayer books out there. 
but they're written in such a way for me that felt very like you need to do this, 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 and this. And I thought, okay, is that, is that how I would want to do in any conversation with anybody I love? And so prayer starters became, first of all, for me, a very private way to journal and talk to God, read a scripture, soak in that scripture, and then turn around and from that scripture begin to talk to God just one-to-one and let it see where it went. And so I'm really excited about something new that's going to happen here at KLRC. And that is I'm going to host a podcast beginning May 30th, and it is called Prayer Starters, Connecting with a God Who Loves You Like Crazy. And it's only three to four minutes from start to finish. And daily, five days a week, uh, you and I are going to get to sit together in the Word, have a drop of encouragement, and then just begin to talk to God right where we are together. I so, love that. Yeah. We're so excited. Jennifer yes. and I are so excited I about be this. listening all yes. the time. <laughs> I, I know yeah. I need this. Yeah, I, I need it. just... Imagine starting my day with that yeah. and just saying, this is the course I'm going to take today. Yeah. Because yeah. it's daily, right? It's five days a week. Five days yeah. a week. Okay. Yeah. 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 And like I said, it's only three to four minutes total from start to finish. But this is my hope is that prayer will feel rather than like pressure, that prayer will feel like a deep breath to start oh, your day. I love that. That's beautiful, Suze. So tell people how they can listen. Okay, when you can time. go to klrc.com and listen under their podcast, or you can go to any platform out there uh, and you can find out more at prayerstarters.com. Great. Ah, oh, Suze, thank you for sharing your story and your heart and yeah. so many new things in your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really beautiful to see. So thank you for letting us be part of the journey too. Thanks. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.